0: So we're gonna make the nations glad with what we do today. And this is in the heart of God. And before I and we showed a lot, you know, highlighted a lot of our missionaries, and one of them, we just couldn't fit them all in or it'd be like overload. But one of our most amazing missionaries to me personally, and a very dear friend of ours is Marcus Young, who is the great grandson of William Marcus Young, who in eighteen eighty seven left his life here in the United States, got on a boat to Rangoon, Burma and tra- you know traveled by ox cart through bandits and all kinds of other dangers up to the mountains on the Chinese border with China Yunnan province of China and Burma border, and there worked among uh, an indigenous people group, the Lu who people who had prophets in their midst not witch doctors but prophets and and these prophets retained a memory of the gospel maybe from the early apostolic church that penetrated that far and they and they had a vision that one day there would be a white man who would come with a white book and it would tell them about the true god and so one day, one of the elders from this tribal people was in a village, in a market, in a nearby city, and there was a man with his Bible open, and as the elders saw it, the sun was glistening off the pages. He said, that's the white man with the white book, and he started a people movement among these people. There was another group, they were headhunters and opium growers, nice people, and, uh, and they had a lineage of true prophets in their tribe, and this, the last of the true prophets was very old, and he would, he would spend time with God, and he would come out, and he says, what you're doing is wrong, you need to st- your headhunting is evil, you need to stop sleeping with other men's wives, you need to stop getting stone drunk. And and they, and they and they respected the prophet, but it wasn't working, you know. And then one day, this prophet woke up in the middle of the night, felt God on him, looked outside, and these white ponies or donkeys—I've I've seen the picture, but you can't tell if they're ponies or donkeys. These what they were glowing in the dark. So he got on, he t- got on him, rode for a while on what uh, with these three animals with him, and then went to another village where there were prophets. And, they, they, and in the middle of being there, he came outside and he said, follow that pony and he will lead you to the true God. And so these men from that village, not even them, followed this pony for over 200 miles through mountains and jungles as the crow flies. So it was like weeks. And they got, they were, they were discouraged. They're up in the mountains and they saw a city and they thought maybe we should go down there and clean up because when we go back to the village, we're going to be very ashamed because this has been a waste of time. And right when they were thinking that, the donkey started moving. And they, they followed the donkey and it went out into an open field and stopped. And these were mountain jungle people and the donkey's out in the field. And they're in hostile territory. And they thought, well, let's go see why the donkey stopped. They walked out, and there was a hole. And down in the hole was a man digging a well. And it was Marcus Young's great-grandfather. And they asked him, would you come and tell us about the true God? And he he said, I, am, I, I can't leave now because this... These Lu Hu people—I think I'm saying the tribe right—they were having a people movement. You know, they were all becoming Christians; they were being converted. He said, "But if I can't come, my son will come, and if my son doesn't come, his son will come." And so Marcus uh, grew up in these mountains, right on the border of Burma, Thailand, and China—now Myanmar, Thailand, and China—and. Uh, Working among these people and continues to work among these people, but his work—I mean—so he grew up in a war zone, grew up with warlords and and uh, you know child soldiers and kidnapping, and and just God has expanded his work around the world. So this is an introduction to this last video.
1: Hey, I'm Marcus Young, and. I, I'm part of InFire. This is the ministry that we've been a part of for a long time. So the ministry started as a difficult process, but I think it was 97, we discovered the issue of child soldiers. So we work with a lot of kids in armed conflict around the world now at this point, but we learned a lot of what we did in, in Burma. Now Burma itself, Myanmar is in civil conflict. So it's a pretty difficult space. So there's areas where there's forced conscription and the, and the military would actually come up Door to door to door in these villages, and if you had two kids, they take one one of your children. If you had three or more, they take two. Just imagining that would it would really help me say, okay, I can't just stand down here. You know, I've got to do something. And this is where, like, when we step out in these kinds of places, where we actually see the Holy Spirit move and God do really amazing things. We work with church planters, uh, we work with teachers, and then we're. We're working with leaders who have an eye on that next generation. So we're not just trying to touch the church, but we're saying what's the mission of the church to touch the community and, and and the world that is around it. We have a lot of different models we use dependent on the situation to rescue kids. But what we've realized is that almost every insurgent leader has a felt need of educated people around them. So what we learned is that we could come in and often negotiate saying, hey, if we build a school or, hey, we've got scholarships, would you give us some of your kids? And in many cases, this has actually worked for us to get hundreds of kids that we can pull directly out of the army. And then places like Mexico, we actually use soccer programs and, and we work in cartel areas. And then we, we set up kind of like targeted discipleship of, of families and communities. We focus a lot on loving your enemies because Jesus says, you know, if you love your enemy, you are a son of God. So the dream that we have is to create spaces that really reflect God's heart in in every way. We have very specific ways we go after that, like touching kids at risk, or working on writing books about loving your enemy and content all the way through children's curriculums to, to empowering churches. Life Center has supported our our ministry by loving us and being there in relationship with us. You guys pray for us and we get refreshed and filled with the Holy Spirit again. And when I'm going and touching a child soldier and you guys are saying, hey, I want to give into that, you're entering into a fellowship. You guys have been one of the amazing faithful churches that we've been connected to for years now. And and very, very grateful for the ways you have run with us and blessed us over the years.
0: Isn't he relaxed for a guy who lives in war zones, (laughs) mountains of Myanmar and uh, in the Philippines, in, in Luzon Island, where there's great Marxist civil war revolution and and now in mexico with the cartels it's an honor to be partners with people like this huh? just an honor so where did this all start you know last week chandi was uh, referencing god's call to abraham when abraham he was the son of an idol maker that's the traditional view in near, what, where, near where Baghdad is now surrounded by idolaters and God whispers to him Avram tells him to leave everything he knows your country, your kindred, your father's house and go to the land I will show you and God says something he'll make of him a great nation he will bless I will Show you the land, I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And of course, in him was was Christ. You know, in him, in his loins, was the, the part of the DNA that would become the human being of the God, the human side of the God-man, Jesus Christ, and in him all that. Isn't that wild? And what if when God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, there's a blessing inside of you that you're totally unaware of? Abraham was unaware of it. Abram. He negotiated with God. He was getting old. He said, God, I don't know where this land is, <laughs> my name, <laughs> you know, all this. I know the descendant part, you know, that's not working. We're getting old. How about Eliezer, my faithful servant? I'll adopt him, and he can be my heir. And God says, Avram, come outside. He hadn't changed his name yet. Come outside. He comes out of the tent. It's nighttime. It's dark. He says, see the stars? Yeah, I see the stars. I'm looking at all these lights up here, but there's a lot more stars. And he says, if you can count the stars, that's how many descendants you will have. And at some point, you know, Avram said, okay, in spite of how bleak it looks, inside me is something beyond comprehension. And in that moment, Genesis 15, 6, he believed God, and God counted it as righteousness, like Abram, just that belief that you can't even comprehend it, but somehow you trust it. This connects you with all my promises. And what if that's inside you? I mean, we, inside all of us, in a way, to be participants in, in God's plan for the world. Stunning. You don't know what's inside you. That's my point. Thank you, Lord. But it's a blessing. And it extends, you know, I mean, it goes through the generations and Paul expounds on this in his letter to the Galatians. The scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, the nations by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And so it's like, God, what an am, amazing God who's infinite beyond our imagination, who knows all things, and here's what's stunning. He's friendly. <laughs> he made Avram his friend. All his friends, none of, them, none of them are as good as he is, which means all of us can be the friend of God. In fact, Jesus said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father, and Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. Like, why do you keep picking the wrong people to be friends with? Why are you talking to this woman at a well, the, uh, in the well of Sychar? outside? You know, what are you doing here, Jesus? Isn't that great? Aren't you glad he picked you? <laughs> we didn't choose him. He chose us. Every one of us responded to a whisper, whether we understood it or not. God, thank you. And inside you is a blessing that can change not just the world around you, but a world that you can't even yet imagine. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And so um, anyway, somehow this offering that we participate in today, that's really the important thing. It's our participation. So we might say, "Well, I don't have much," you know. It's a big deal. I said, "Listen, this offering—it goes into a, a fund that will become a storehouse for missions all over the earth." And so, when we we do this today, we're not just doing part of, you know, we're not just doing a little part for one person, but we're we're putting money together in a fund that goes out to all the missionaries we support. And usually through the year, there's other projects that catch our attention that we participate in. But this is where it, it's flowing through you. You know, it's flowing through. Isn't that wild? And so we, st- we just thought, you know, we're going, as, a, as a, a, you know, community, we're going to give to missionaries no matter what. But this offering just gives us a lot more to work with, and I like Chandi had a prophetic word last week that that we're not going to be talking about a budget. We're going to be talking about a storehouse, and that I mean, and so that means that God's blessing is on you. And it's on us, you know, it, when I say you, I'm not excluding myself, it's on all of us, so that out of us, that blessing would flow into a, a, just a huge blessing to the nations. This is it. So, and by the way, so at the end, you know, we'll be receiving this offering, and there are cards, and I thought I had them, but I must have left them in my seat, but there are cards that, they're like little baseball cards, you know, give you... You know, two Mickey Mantles for one Willie Mays. You you can tell my age, right? These were, (laughs) when I was a boy, these were the heroes, you know. But these are are like missionary cards. And so later, after the service, out in the lobby, there will be cards on tables with regions identified. Is that how it worked out? Okay, that's what I was told, but I haven't seen (laughs) them. And if you feel like, you know, I was really touched by this particular missionary, you can uh, if you feel like it, you can get these cards and you can put them on your refrigerator or, or a bookmark in your favorite book or in the bible and it just is a reminder to pray because our you know our the seed that comes out of us that gives the blessing to the nations is a lot of things you know it's it 's our it 's our offering that we 'll be receiving today but it 's also it 's the words we speak it 's the prayers we pray, and every missionary i 've ever known they said look you know of course they want to go places and do things and that requires money but they're trusting god to supply that and of course he supplies it through people but their greatest number one need is prayer prayer partners and so that's part of the idea of like let's put faces on this little cards to the scriptures to remind us don't you like to be reminded to pray <laughs> i do <laughs> okay so Anyway, I want to I want to um, speak a word that I hope is a blessing. But it it, it turned to Psalm 67, you know, which is probably the best psalm in the entire psalter for uh, looking at the you know the prerequisite of missions, the purpose of missions, all of that kind of stuff. And so it sounds like a selfish prayer. It starts out Psalm 67. One, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And then it says, ah, Selah. Let's let that sink in. And you might think like, why is this a bless me club prayer? You know, like God bless us. Come on. God bless us. If, never, if you feel like you're overly blessed, you can stop praying this prayer. But if you can imagine that there could be even a greater degree of blessing that you're actually carrying in your life, then you can continue to pray this. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Are you tired of him being gracious to you? (laughs) And why would he do this? Because it's out of the grace on your life that you're able to, to give minister to others. It's out of the blessing on your life that you're a blessing. God said, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. I will make your name great. I will make of you a great nation. And so the the prerequisite for any impact on the world around us is a blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. May his presence be radiant. May it, may it just shine. And what, how do, what does that look like? You know, sometimes we're carrying the blessing. We're always carrying the blessing. Sometimes it's disguised. Have you ever felt like, oh, thanks for the blessing, God. You know, did you ever see a fiddler on the roof, you know? If I were a rich man. And, and I know a lot of you young people, you've never seen it. You should. It's probably out there somewhere, wherever you get your entertainment. But in that, there's this plea of Tavia, and he's saying, God, you know, where's the blessing, basically? You know, like, and so sometimes, have you ever felt that way? Like, man, God. Well, guess what? Sometimes the blessings inside of us do you think Abraham wondered the same thing? That's why he was wondering, hey, maybe Eliezer. And then later, they had this idea. Hey, Sarah, you know, getting kind of old, but you know. Hagar, she's young and pretty. And and uh, she, and she so, you know, he, he, they tried a few things. The blessing was inside, and it was not yet manifest. Are you glad for this? He said, I'm going to give you a land, but you know, I mean. And everything God promised to Abraham came to pass, but not in his lifetime. It was passed on to his descendants. And now you are among his descendants. Come on. If you're a faith, then you're also a descendant of Abraham. You've been adopted. You've been grafted onto the rich root of God's promise to Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. And I read in a book by one of our in house scholars, Dr. David Miller, that, that it's very difficult to, to graft a wild olive branch onto an olive root. And I thought, And it was considered in the time almost an impossibility. And so Paul's making the point in writing Romans 11 that this isn't naturally possible. What God has done for us is supernatural. Would you agree? God bless us. (laughs) <laughs> Make your face shine on us. Why? So that your way may be known in the earth and your saving power among all the nations. So the purpose of the blessing of God, the purpose of the grace of God, the purpose of his presence in and on your life is not only that it transforms you, but it transforms the world around you. So <laughs> this is, it's your saving that your way may be known among the nations, his Ah, oh, Jesus. How many of you say, God, I'd like my life to be such a message that your way would be known by the people who interact with me? Because we're all, I mean, we're all missionaries wherever we go. We're sent. <laughs> okay? And so this is why blessing is a prerequisite for mission. And the, the purpose of missions is that we become a blessing to others, As God spoke to Abraham He said In you will all the families of the earth Be blessed The mishpachot of the earth Will, will they will be So in other words God is saying Abraham I'm going to bless you But this blessing isn't just for you That blessing is transferable Not just to your descendants But to all the families of the earth So Do you understand? This means you are potentially running over with transferable blessing. God is making you the delivery system of his blessing, not only in your own household, but to all the nations of the earth. So when you pray, when you pray for Harrisburg or Lancaster or York or Baltimore or New York or wherever, whatever's on your heart, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Beyond, beyond terrace, you know, whatever is in your heart, you have the power to bless only because you're already blessed. And it's it's a blessing you're carrying. So, what's the purpose of that blessing? Verse three, let the peoples praise you, oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. Now, why would God say, Well, God, you know, most people aren't going to praise you? Well, that's how it, we think, but what God thinks is as he, as he shared with his friend Moses in a crisis moment in the wilderness when millions of unhappy people thought they would have rather died as slaves in Egypt. God said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to listen to your prayer, but I want you to know something. As truly as I live, all the earth is going to be filled with my glory, which means all the people will praise you. Now this isn't because God is an egomaniac, it's because he knows his blessing is meant to go to every single human on this planet, and when that happens, all the people will praise him. Because the reason, why do we praise him? We're not praising him so we'll be blessed, we're praising him already because we have enough blessing and enough revelation to realize we have received something we could have never earned. Oh, God, come on, it's called grace. It's called Jesus. He's called Jesus. Verse four, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. This is the purpose of missions, that there's a transformation of the nations out of misery into joy. Whew. That, this is massively visionary. How many think America is really glad these days? Ah, so we have a mission field. I'm telling you, when you leave this place, you have a mission field. (laughs) You know, as the bad news swirls around and gets fed to us 24-7 by a global internet bad news stream, inside you is a stream coming from heaven that is designed to make glad the cities of God. So you can either receive the news feed from the media or you can receive the good news stream coming into you from heaven, and if you let it fill you, it'll overflow. And if it'll let it fill you, you will demonstrate that you're a citizen, that you live in this world, but you're not of this world, that your citizenship is in heaven, and that your hope is in heaven, that your affections are on things above, not on the things of the earth, that you're, I mean of course we intercede and we're impacted by economies and politics, but I'm telling you what's inside you is greater than any political system. It's not dependent on any economic system. And if they put us in jail, we'll preach the gospel in jail, and we're not going to be silent, and we're not going to modify truth and start saying that we think a boy is a girl or a girl is a boy. We are going to declare that God created humans Male and female and that is his image. Thank you Jesus. Jesus! And when this message is known in all the earth, the nations will be glad. Every human solution ends up making people sad. I mean it seems like well we have to make these people glad but, but in order to make these people glad, they're making a whole lot of other people sad. God has a solution that sets everyone free. Yeah. Jesus, this is good news. And so when the nations get glad, they sing for joy. Not, they're not singing for joy because they have to. They're singing for joy because they're full of joy. For you judge the people with equity. One of the, you know, one of the impacts of the gospel it, like saturating a culture is that the laws become equitable. One of the symptoms of our own culture is that our own culture has been deliberately moving away from God. And so, of course, these are terrible laws. Of course, these are bad decisions. Of course, what do we expect? I mean, it's not like we're expecting like, well, I knew that, but it's like, We are praying and we are standing as salt and light but in the midst of a culture that moves away from God, the laws are gonna get worse and worse. (laughs) Promising utopia, every Marxist revolution has destroyed beautiful nations. (laughs) You know, Cuba was, Cuba had a higher average income then quite a few states in America in the 1950s. Average per capita. And then the great liberator, Fidel, who was an infidel, Castro, (laughs) led a revolution. And somehow this murderous thug named Che Guevara, because he looked like the zigzag man, became a cultural icon whose faces still showing up on flags of young college Marxist groups that have no clue what a monster he was. Jesus, help me. Okay, back to the subject. (laughs) We're going to make the nations glad. And, And God will judge the people with equity. That's a promise, and that's a good prayer. And guide the nations upon the earth. So, sorry, I did go into the bad news feed. I repent, God. Cleanse us from it, because that's not what's governing us. Okay, thank you. It could impact our lives, but it's not governing us. Verse five, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. It sounds like God is actually after a really happy planet Earth. And then the impact of missions is the wisdom and revelation that flows from God releases something on the earth that we've never seen verse six the earth has yielded its increase it's not being exploited it's giving the the riches that god has put in it god our god shall bless us god shall bless us let all of the ends of the earth fear him and so there is this day and you know People, is it before Jesus comes? Is it after Jesus comes? I just know I'm gonna occupy till he comes. And so I'll be happy to see it after he comes. If if it shows up before he comes, I will frankly be totally surprised. I have to change my eschatology. But but one way or another, God is gonna fill this planet with his glory. That's his promise. And we are a people of hope, not a people of hope of discouragement, we are citizens of heaven, remember that, so all this starts and it, it will culminate and express itself as we as we live overflowing with hope, Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite verses, that the God of hope will fill us with all peace and joy and that by the power of the Holy Spirit we overflow with hope. That's the power of God is, overflowing with hope. Sometimes we're praying for power so we can see people be healed and all these things, which are really great, really important. But remember, pray for the power of the Holy Spirit so you can overflow with hope. Because <laughs> that you're not challenged by giants or walled cities, but you see the promise of God and that the same spirit that was on Caleb and Joshua would be on you in the midst of of a majority going for pessimism, you would be saying, well, I don't know why, but I have a feeling that God is going to do something good. So what, you know, so, so this is the, the prerequisite for missions is that we're blessed. The, the purpose of missions is to spread the blessing to all people, and the impact of mission is, is the blessing Gets expressed in culture after culture after culture, and it starts very often with an invasion of the simple gospel, sharing that before everything else starts, you need to know Jesus Christ. You know, God became a human being and died in your place, so that you don't have to carry the weight of your sin, your karma, whatever language people use that he set you free from that cycle of futility. Thank you, Jesus. So it starts there, but then it spreads into every area of human relationships, into family life, into economic life, into just laws, into wisdom and grace and science and music and all these things become expressions of this heavenly grace that has come into our lives. And so before we give I just want to, and participate. And listen, I just want to tell you, you think, well, I don't have much, so I'm not gonna do it. How about if you have anything? I'm not telling you to give everything. Just give as the Lord leads you. But if you have even the tiny widow's mite to participate in this, You're actually participating, you're in communion with the purposes of God. And so before we give, I want to read this passage out of Philippians 1, which is one of Paul's prayer. I think this is so significant because, you know, if Paul had a personality test in Acts, you know, say in Acts 6, where he witnesses, or maybe it was Acts 7, he witnesses the martyrdom of Stephen and he's standing there holding the robes of the of the rabbis who are stoning Stephen to death and he's approving of it but meanwhile Stephen who looks into heaven he's not looking like god this is terrible he sees heaven he sees Jesus standing at the father's right hand and he prays the same prayer Jesus prayed don't hold this against them well you know that prayer landed on Saul and it, you know within a couple years that's the estimate within a couple years after the crucifixion of, of Christ, on his road to Damascus, totally demonized by bitterness and by, by you know, this effort to, to be made perfect by his own efforts, he is confronted by Jesus and the whole world changes. So if you did a personality test on him then, he wouldn't have been a nice guy. And it appears even if you read between the lines that he was a... You know, he was a a pioneer. He was a rugged character. He would, you know, he went in, he was hard-headed. He went into places and opposed all kinds of things. But listen to this tender prayer, Philippians 1, which he's writing to these people in northern Greece, Macedonians, writing to them, and they are economically poor, but they have been so generous because of the blessing upon their lives. And he writes to them in tenderness, perhaps from the dungeon in Rome. You know, we're, we're not sure which imprisonment it was written from, but, and he says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always, in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. I mean, this guy, he sounds like the nicest person in the whole world. Always, in every prayer. For you all making my prayer with joy. Isn't that great? Sometimes, you know, I, this is one of the things why I know I'm still assigned here. You know, it's not like, okay, God, I have to leave because I ran out of grace. But I, when I start praying, I start praying for our team and I start praying for, for people in the church that God highlights to me. And, and man. I could, I could get lost in it for hours and my heart's overflowing with affection and I know it's not my affection because I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. I'm happy to be alone. I'm, <laughs> just saying. Anyway, but so this is a miracle that he's always in every prayer of his making. He's praying for these people with joy. And why? Verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day into now. And what he's actually, he's talking about their financial generosity. And the word for partnership here is translated koinonia. I mean, it's translated from the Greek word koinonia, which means a common reality. It's what, when we share communion, we're we're like partaking of something that's beyond ourselves. And that's what he's saying to them. He says, you are communioning. In the gospel, in their their gifts to Paul from the first day until now, verse six, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I learned it, I memorized it as we'll perform it. You know, he's going to bring it to completion. So what God has started in you, any initial hope you had when you first met Jesus, you're like, oh, I feel better. He's going to bring that to its perfection. Come on. In your lifetime, in, at the day of Jesus Christ. He keeps mentioning the day of Jesus Christ. Very important that we know that we live our lives and one day we'll stand. In his presence and give an account and receive a reward. Jesus, the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7: It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers of me, of grace, both of, of in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So the defense is the 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 expression. It's not like he's defending himself in court, although it it could be used in that way, but it's like wherever he's explaining the gospel, that's the defense of the gospel. And then the, the confirmation of it is signs, wonders, changes, answered prayer. So we're all part of this. And he's saying that actually you're all partakers with me with grace. And it, And the word there is, again, that koinonia, but this time it has this co co on it. So it's like co-communion. Like we're all in this together. So this is what's so amazing about as we sow into these ministries. Like we're just jumping in to the same grace as every recipient of these offerings. Some of you, you know, Heidi Baker's like everybody's heroine. (laughs) Not the drug, <laughs> the female version of hey hero. And, uh, you know, we admire all these people that we, we saw last week, Marcus Young. As we give today, we become co-communion partakers with them. Oh, that's awesome. And so God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus verse 9 It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more this is my prayer that you will overflow that even at, you know out of the out of this grace that you're giving you'll get a multiplication out of the love you're expressing that your love will multiply until it overflows more and more with knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent be pure and blameless for the Here it is again, the day of Jesus Christ. We need to keep that in our hearts, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of and praise of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So, before we receive this offering, first of all, I want to tell you, where are the envelopes? Are they between the legs of the chairs? If you can't find one, they're little special envelopes. If you give by push pay, make sure you put it on missions um, for, for the category. But I encourage you to write out the amount on these offerings anyway. You know, if you're giving online, the instructions are, are there for you. Thank you that no matter, you know, wherever you are, you could be in Australia, New Zealand, you could be in South Africa, you could be in Israel, Hawaii, wherever, that you can participate in this, if this is your home. And uh, amazing. So we get ready. We This is a holy sacrifice that we make to the Lord, and we do it in grace, we, which is joy and it's the ability he gives there's no pressure from us even though i'm talking about it i'm not trying to put pressure (laughs) on you. just trying to give you good news all right so if you have your envelopes maybe you've already filled them out ahead of time maybe you're you're trying to get it done now but if you're ready why don't you stand up and we're going to bless this offering and then the ushers we're doing old school we haven't done this for a long time but we're passing these uh Bags, because it just keeps it separated. So hold that offering close to your heart. And if you're not, you know, if you're not giving a physical offering at this time, go ahead, just put your hands on your heart. Say, let's pray together. Father, thank you for all the blessings. You have blessed me to be a blessing. You've blessed me to change the world around me. May your grace overflow. May the love you've given me multiply and overflow. May hope flow from my life. I give in faith. I give in gratitude. I give this to your gospel, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 so, so beautiful. So now, we're just going to pass these offering bags, and we're just going to declare blessing in song, amen? ancient blessing we, we sing it, we receive it but we're also giving it may his favor be upon you for a thousand generations that's a long time he's with you, he's for you he's in you one more. Could we just sing that the verse the Lord bless you and keep you on you as you carry his name into every situation, every activity, that there would be an overflow of peace, an overflow of hope, an overflow of love. May God take the seed that is sown today and multiply it back to you, that there would always be more than enough. May he where doors have closed, where jobs are at risk. May he open doors of opportunity that you've not even imagined. May he bring reconciliation into every relationship, into the communication and the atmosphere that's under your roof. And may he cause his presence to shine on your life in every way. I just pray that you would know you're partnering in the same grace. All, we've connected with all these amazing ministries and that you're, that you're partakers of that and you carry it wherever you go. Bless you. And just there's grace here to heal. To deliver, if you don't know Jesus and you've been here and you're just saying, "What is this? I want to know Him. I want to give my life," or you know, but you've you've not been walking with Him. There's salvation, reconciliation, all of this here. There are people waiting to minister to you. Otherwise, just go out and have the best week of your life. And in the midst of the stream of bad news. May the stream that makes glad the city of God continually fill you. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you.